Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Um, so, so today, what I'm going to be doing for the first 30 minutes is, is having a conversation around this idea of avoidance 
what we're avoiding in our lives, things that I have avoided in my life, and, and by stopping the avoidance, what I've got as a result of that in my life. And I'm trying to help you maybe avoid a little bit less as well. And then after the 30-minute mark, my good friend and our great friend, uh, David Spizak, will be joining me, and we'll be had furthering that conversation a little bit more because as an outlier that is David, um, he can kind of share a little bit of light on things that maybe he had avoided. My goal simply is to kind of decode success. One of my favorite books, and we were talking about in our, our morning grind show yesterday, was this book called Outliers. And if you have not read it, you absolutely should. And if you have read Outliers, here's the takeaway you should have uh, gotten from it. At least I hope you did. Which is that all the outliers you see in your life, the people that are highly successful, are no different than you. They are no different than you. They are no better. The only difference is... They just really honed their craft. They had an opportunity and they seized it. And each and every one of us have an opportunity to be that outlier in our industry, in our lives, et cetera. But we choose actually not to do it. It's not the universe that chooses, it's you. But before I get into that, more of that, what again, I wanted to talk about was this idea of avoidance. So I want to paint this picture and this is a beautiful book called, uh, uh, um, oh man, I'm just drawing a blank on it now. Uh, Michael Singer, Untethered Soul. There you go. There's a great book called Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, and he paints this picture I want to give to you all as well, because I think it highlights what we're talking about today. But I want you to imagine that you're in the middle of nowhere, okay? You have tons of grass around you. It's a huge open field, but it's pitch black, and you're petrified of the darkness. You hate the darkness. All you want is light in your life, so what do you do? You build a home. In the middle of nowhere, you set out to build a home. You put up these walls, and, and inside that home, you have tons and tons of light. You bring on nothing but light, and you have these artificial lights on top of your house and, and all these things. And so that way you can always remain in the light. You can always stay away from the darkness because you, yourself, wanted to make sure that you didn't have to really take on the darkness. But what, what's interesting is we're avoiding something, which is that beautiful thing called natural light. And so what happens is all of a sudden your light bulbs start to go out. You forget that you, you should have got way more light bulbs to be able to sustain this, this artificial light you have inside this house. And so all your light bulbs start to go out. One by one, they start to go out until one day you get exactly the thing that you were avoiding, which is the darkness. But what would happen if slowly but surely we start to kind of knock down a wall, you accidentally put your fist through a wall because you're so frustrated by the fact that you're in the thing that you didn't want to be in, which is the darkness. So you punch a hole in the wall only to see that there's some light shining through that wall. Something kind of inspires you, you tear down the whole wall. And now you have, once again, natural light. Then you start to take another wall down, more natural light, more and more until one day you literally have nothing but natural light. But the thing is, you still have to have a little darkness here and there. But at least you have that natural light. Why in the world am I sharing that story? What does that have to do with avoidance? The truth is the house is you. There are things your entire life you've been avoiding. You've been avoiding the darkness. Whatever the darkness is for you. Maybe it's a hard conversation. Maybe it's getting out of the job you're at. Maybe it's talking to your mom about something you should have talked about 10 years ago. And you're dreading it. There is darkness that you're avoiding. But by doing that, you're putting up walls to another way. Now, there's a good friend of mine uh, that came up. I'm not sure if he's busy. I'm putting him on the spot. My good friend, Eric Reed. Eric, are you there? If not, okay. He's I was just, man. yeah, good morning. I was just back channeling you with 
brilliant, brilliant, my friend. The thing that we avoid is waiting just outside if we would only be willing to step out there and take it. So the reason I even brought up Eric is uh, one of the things I want to make sure that I never do, and my goal ultimately is to decode success. Far too often in my life, I looked at other people and I said, man, I wish I could have that. I never can have that. That's not for me. The way that I grew up, the circumstances, excuses, or stories I told myself said that I couldn't have what I wanted. Told myself that. And I know that if I did, I know there's still one out there that is as well. And so what I'm always trying to do is decode success. And one of the things I will never do and I never want to do is make myself look like I never, like I'm not a human being. There's some, a friend of mine, uh, Donna Bowling, said something to me the other day. And I said, you know, I, you know I'm going through some stuff and, and I got to kind of figure it out. And there's something that I got to do. And I really have been avoiding it. And she goes, you? Go, yeah, I'm a human being, right? Just because I talk about these concepts doesn't mean that I go through it. So I, I, I mentioned Eric because I called Eric yesterday. Because I myself was avoiding something. And I said, I, I walked him through the story and I said, look, here, here's, here's the deal. I know I'm avoiding it. There's something worse about when you know that you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. And it's one thing to avoid things because you just, you know, you, 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 get, you fall into autopilot. You're unconscious about what you're doing. And it's not really your fault because I didn't know. But something happens when you know you're doing something. It makes it even more crazy. So I, I called my good friend, Eric. I said, man, I, I am really struggling with this concept. And Eric and I had a really great talk about it that I, I do want to share with you all. And I'm going to have Eric also share a little bit of what he said to me. So there's something that I said. And I said, I, said, I kept saying this thing. I kept saying, you know, I, I know that uh, I basically said that, you know, basically I was saying like the universe works in mysterious ways kind of thing, right? I kept saying, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. I kept, I kept saying it, right? Like, I know this happened, but you know what? Everything happens for a reason. And Eric called me out. This is why, by the way, because this was mentioned before, it's, it's incredibly important to surround yourself with the right people. Because anybody else would have let me have that excuse. Everything happens for a reason. Anybody else would have been like, yeah, that's true, and let Raylan just keep on and, and complaining about his life and whatever. But Eric didn't. Eric said, you keep saying that everything happens for a reason, and you're not taking responsibility for what you did. Ooh, that's good. And it really hit me. And I... I just go, oh my God, you're right. I'm not taking responsibility because there was choices that I made. There was decisions that I made. There was things that I did. There was behaviors that I did that resulted in this. It wasn't the universe just plopping again. No, I put myself here. So Eric, if you have a minute, talk to us a little bit about kind of the BS that I was feeding myself and how you called me out on it. <laughs> well, first, who would miss an opportunity to beat up on Raylan? I mean, that's like... <laughs> an open door and so I when when he called and but I think we all do that it's like oh you know God has a design the universe has a design something happens and it's almost like us being able to go back to wet duck thinking it's raining so I'm just gonna stand here and let it roll off me and it was like no because Raylan and I have had discussions about the difference between decisions and choices and choices are the things that we own fully and decisions are the things that we cast off I made this decision because of so-and-so. I made this decision because of the kids, the finances, my health, the current economy. So therefore, when they turn bad, we can blame those things. And so the whole conversation was really directing him back to understanding that you made a choice. And in that choice, you became the cause and the effect. And so don't suddenly try and turn it into a decision that the universe had been working against you. 
And so when you find yourself in one of those moments, it's like, you know, there's got to be a divine reason. It's like, you should be saying that staring at the mirror. Like there has got to be a divine reason that I made this choice to end up in this situation. If I don't figure it out now, I'll be here again in three months, six months, 10 years, 20. And that was kind of the gist of the conversation. And what's interesting is when he said this to me, right? It was all things. It's been interesting how you, there's a things that you know, you know. And I know, I knew that. I knew that. But because Eric said it to me versus me just saying it to me, it landed a little bit better. And I go, you know what? I know what I got to do. So I went and did what I had to do. I had two conversations that I was really dreading. But because of that, I'd knocked down a wall. There was a wall that I put up for a bunch of excuses because of the way that I was raised, because I love helping people, because I love to, to be loved and all these things. I want to be liked and, and all of this. And because of all those reasons and excuses and circumstances, I was putting up walls. And then something happened. Once I tore down that wall, there's this almost infinite number of possibilities and things that I could have in my life now that I didn't have access to only a few days ago. It's not only when you knock down a, a wall that light comes in, that's a benefit, that's great. But what's more important in a lot of ways is all the land you see. You see, I trapped myself in a small room. I was surrounded by walls. I was like, surrounded by excuses. I was surrounded by stories that I kept telling myself. But as soon as I knocked down that wall, oh my God, there's a whole world out there. And so what happens is the more that we avoid, the more that we attract the thing that we don't want. So what's that for you? What is the thing in your life that you're avoiding right now and you keep making excuses for? You keep making the same excuse. Well, I can't do this because, but what if for one day, and by the way, I'm not asking much from you. What if for one day you didn't say, I'm not doing this because, and you just did the thing? What would happen to your life? How would it change? Would it get better? And there's a point where, for example, using the same analogy I gave earlier, but Raylan, what if I do it and there's pain? What if I do it and it hurts? What's interesting is, let's use the same analogy I gave earlier. What if you knocked down the wall and there was a natural light? What if you knocked down the wall and there was darkness? The example I gave earlier, we were already in darkness. All the light bulbs went out. You knocked down the wall, you had darkness, now you just have more darkness. But what happens? With a little bit of time, the sun rises. With a little bit of time, you start to see better. It's just only, we want to avoid that, that minute point of pain, discomfort. We love comfort so much, we're willing to be uncomfortable to get it. And we get this uncomfortability, but then we're comfortable. We feel good about it. We're like, okay, no, I'm going to stay here. This feels nice. But what are you missing because of that comfort? I was comfortable. One of the things that I talk about a lot is the idea of a victim mentality. That's really what we're talking about here, right? Being responsible for your choice, not putting blame on other things. And the reason why I'm so passionate about it, this is the stuff that maybe people won't be honest about, but I do it because I am a victim. I play victim all the time. That's how I grew up. A few years ago, if you would have asked me, hey, Raylan, why don't you have this? Well, I would have had 15 other excuses and circumstances why I didn't have it. I would have told you I would have had a whole list of things. 
And now the reason if I, you ask me why I don't have something, I don't have it because I don't have it. That's it. Because of choices that I make. What would happen to your life if you did the same? Maybe the world would be a little bit better. So, I, you know, the other day, uh, 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 we do a thing called the morning grind where I'm, uh, I do a call or I do a, a, a segment or show with Brian, ben, uh, uh, Brian Benstock, David Spizak, and Barbara Majeski. And somebody asked me, a good friend of mine goes, how in the world did that happen? You have three, like, titans in Rayland. How, how in the world did that happen? I'll tell you exactly how it happened. And it's not a crazy strategy. And it's really easy, right? It's really simple. So if you have a pen and paper, write it down just so you remember, okay? I showed up. That's literally it. I showed up. What people don't realize is that months before this, when Breath of the Champions started to, to have these segments and things like that, I showed up every single time. I didn't ask questions. And Sarah or Glenn called me and said, hey, can you do this? I said, yes. And I delivered, right? And by deliver, I don't mean that I did anything fancy or anything anybody else didn't do. All I did was I did my intention, right? I have a mission to wake people up. I have a mission to make sure that people realize they deserve more and they can have it. Right, and how I do that is just by teaching sales and, and transformation, that's it. But by me showing up, it landed me possibilities. Imagine if I had my walls up still, going back to the analogy. Imagine if I was afraid of the darkness, but what if I get exposed to all these people and no one likes me? What if I would have had that same excuse? No, I don't know if I could really do an hour here, or I don't know if I could do it 30 minutes here, I don't know, I don't know if I could do it because excuses, circumstances, or stories. I would have never got an opportunity. Has my life changed doing this show for four days? No, of course not. Is it, is it easy to come up with things to talk about every single day or every single Monday when I do segments? No, but there's two key indications, two key things I want to point out. One, it's not a thing that I have to do. It's a thing that I get to do. We forget, and I say this a lot, but we forget that you are given an opportunity every day to share your gifts. You get to do that. You get to that. You have a phone in your hand that allows you to jump in a clubhouse and have a conversation that may better your life. There are people right now that don't have that ability. You get to do this. You get to be a, on a call with me right now where I'm yelling at you, <laughs> giving you tough love. You get to do that. I talked to a client the other day and she was talking to me about how, man, it's really hard work to, to launch this coaching business. This is tough. I go, yeah, you get to show up every day. If you don't want to, you don't have to wear pants because we're on Zoom and they see half your body and you make money teaching people how they can live a better life. You get to do that. So when we talk about this idea of avoidance, the question we have to really ask yourself and maybe the thinking time, the, the, the homework assignment today is ask yourself, what are some things that you need to let go of today, right now, that would benefit your life? What would happen to you? Who do you get to be once you let go of some of those walls? And yes, you know there's pain on the other side of that, but it's short-lived pain. Now, are you willing to go through a little bit of discomfort to get to where you want to be? I know for me, I made the decision a long time ago, right? And Eric made a, a distinction, right? And by the way, if you look this up, you're going to go like, Raylan and Eric are crazy. This is not the dictionary description of choice and decision. You're right. And something that kind of helps us kind of stay in what we call context. But there's a, a big difference between a choice and a decision to, to Eric, people like Eric and I. 
right? Decision, like Eric was saying, is when you have a reason, circumstance, or an excuse, a story behind why you do it. And choice, all choice is, is taking responsibility. But why responsibility? Responsibility is an odd word, right? You say responsibility, and, and you think it's a negative. Well, I don't want to own that. That's not mine to own. But what if I worded this way? What if I said that the path to freedom was responsibility? That's really what we're talking about when we're talking about choice versus decision. It's freedom. It's the freedom to say, I choose it because I choose it. I choose to do this because I choose it. What's interesting is living this life, by the way, is not the easiest thing in the world. Can you imagine, by the way, me going to my girlfriend? She goes, why did you do this? And I said, oh, because I did it, right? It's a little difficult. <laughs> People, we want reasons. We want meaning. We want we, we what we tend to do. Right. And I think Eric and I talked about this as well. And Eric, obviously, I've been talking too long, so I want to make sure that you're still here. So I'm going to ask you a question here in a second. But we do this thing, right, where we take the infinite and we try to make it finite. We take the infinite, infinite possibilities, and for our little pea brains, we have to put it in a box. We have to make it finite. And so by you putting up walls, what you're really doing is you're taking away all the infinite possibilities of you getting what you want, you going to where you want to go, and you're making it finite. Why? Because it makes you feel comfortable. But what if we got comfortable in the gray zone a little bit? What if we got comfortable being in a place where we're like, I'm not sure where this is going to go? Even just saying that, I'm not really sure this is going to go. I guarantee for some of you, it made you feel like, oh, no. <laughs> it made you feel like, I don't know. I don't know if I can be there. But what if? I'm not saying you have to do it. And I oftentimes say, after I'm done talking, you don't have to listen to me. Do whatever you want. Because <laughs> it's your choice, right? Eric, what are, what are your thoughts around what we're, what we're talking about right now? Like, do, what do you see kind of in the world? And, and how do you help yourself make sure that you don't trap yourself away from all the infinite possibilities? Because if you're one, for sure, that every time I talk to you, you got a new, a new thing you're working on, a new thing you're doing right now. And maybe share a little bit about you know, your new, your new uh, uh, partnership that you're working on and how you even got to there. Cause that, when we look at what you do and uh, 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 to, to create a book in a different language for you, like, are you kidding me? Is that something that you even thought was possible? So thank you. Years and years, like I'm old. So years ago, I adopted the, imagine the possibilities was kind of like my personal mantra. Whenever I hit a wall, I would just say, imagine the possibilities. Because that focused me to think that there were infinite possibilities. And if I could imagine them, then I could start to work towards one. And maybe that would unlock the door to the next and the next and the next, instead of imagine all the problems. And I was having a discussion with somebody that was in this, what is success mode? Because we're all in that right now for 2022. Like, what is success in 2022 going to look like? And like 70 people had 70 different impressions. I'm like, so the, the idea of success is infinite. And we're going to spend 2022 trying to fill an infinite gap. How frustrating is that going to be? What if instead of assuming that there was an arrival point, success, we just assume that we were standing in the success and the next would unfold. And to do that, we just have to ask ourselves, what are the possibilities for the next moment, for the next week, for the next whatever? And that's kind of how it went 
when it came to our publishing industry. Somebody was speaking Spanish, had a Spanish book, wanted to come into the English market. Like I have third grade level Spanish and I was not gonna publish this third grade level Spanish translation. But I said, okay, what are the possibilities if we just say yes? Translator, line editor, okay, yeah. Like all of those things must exist somewhere in the universe or they wouldn't have come into my consciousness. Now, all I have to do is figure out the path between here and that point. Because if the possibility didn't exist, I wouldn't be able to imagine it. And so that's how we ended up partnering with the fastest growing Latin America publisher and we'll probably produce, I'm afraid to say it out loud, but I will, over 300 books minimum this year just through that service um, because we took time to just ask as a group what are the possibilities so as you're looking at 2022 just maybe scale back and just say i agree to ask myself every morning what are the possibilities for today and be open to see what comes and i'll hand it back so this brings up an interesting concept right and it was funny we were arguing yesterday in our show about the difference of like East and West kind of mindset. Um, but I want to bring up a word that's going to be touchy. It's something that I talked about. So I, uh, I just launched a, a YouTube channel uh, where I, I'm doing like free coaching. And, and part of it I said was we set goals wrong. We say, here's what I'm going to do. And here's how much money I want to make. And, and here's how I'm going to go and get there. But then you leave out this endless world of possibilities. And the example I always give is I say, hey, you know, uh, I was talking to a client. A little while ago and she said you know i want a hundred members and i said well how would that bring you she goes oh it'd bring you about like fifteen thousand dollars a month and i said okay well what if though instead of that i said i'm gonna give you two hundred thousand dollars would you take it as long as you can't have the hundred members and she goes yeah i would take it i go well then you don't want a hundred members you want two hundred thousand dollars so you're leaving out the possibility maybe that that two hundred thousand dollars or fifteen you know obviously the the hundred um well, anyway, the point is what happens is you leave out the possibility. Maybe one client pays you that amount. Do you really care how you get there? And so which brings up this concept, which I didn't share in the YouTube video because I think it would have been a little bit too much because there's a lot to unpack here. But I want to talk with you, Eric, about this idea of surrender. Now, what's funny is surrendering sounds like you give up something, which is true, but it sounds bad. Surrender. And by the way, for me, you know, for those who don't know, like I was a, you know, professional MMA fighter. I was a D1 wrestler. Like my entire life was around, I'm going to take what I want. This arm bar is mine. Like I'm taking it, right? That was my mindset. And so what's interesting for me was, was the idea of surrender sounded ridiculous. But then you discover something. You discover that when you surrender the how, this is what I'm talking about right now. Surrender how you get to where you want to be. It allows you to get what you want in ways that you never even imagined, right? You now start to open yourself up to the possibility that thing comes to you in a different way. However, I think the reason why this got a bad rap, right? This idea of surrender is because people think it's just about being open, but not putting in the work. You think that it's just, oh, I surrender, I get a bunch of money. No, no, no. It's setting the intention. The example I gave earlier, I said with Breakfast of Champions, I showed up. But my intention was to show up and to change lives. Like that was my intention. How I do that, I don't care how that happens. 
And so when a possibility comes to me, a Sarah McCord or a Glenn Lundy goes, hey, we're calling you a number, Raylan. I go, cool. I wasn't expecting this, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to show up. The only way that comes to you is if you show up. And what's interesting is there's this weird paradox where because we have this scarcity mindset, that's really what this is, and you're not open to all the possibilities that may come to you, you don't get as much. And because you don't get as much, right, you start to have even more scarce mindset, which is make you have less. So, Eric, for you, like, what does surrender mean to you? And is it, is it something that is as paradoxical as we think it is? Like, the idea of surrender and then going after what you want. Like, how can we have both? I didn't mean, by the way, to turn this into a, this is, so talk about endless possibilities. I just saw Eric pop in a room, talk about awesomeness. I saw Eric pop in the room. I was like, oh, I'm going to talk to him today. <laughs> but Eric, what are your thoughts on this? You know, I love spending time with you and thinking. So, you know, it's interesting because as I said, if I'm willing to say, imagine the possibilities and something comes to mind, often the next thing I'll say and eyes closed, mind open, show me, tell me. Like, show me, tell me the next step. And in doing so, I'm also making an internal commitment that if you show me and tell me, I'm willing to follow. And I don't want to say blindlessly, but I'm like, okay, I'm like, you know what? If Uncle Bob says the best fishing hole is over there in that back corner near that dead log, I'm going there because I asked. And so that surrendering becomes less about ego and more about understanding that your current conscious self is very limited. It's that house with the artificial lights in the wall, that if I'm willing to step into that larger consciousness and say, show me, tell me. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. I'm really speaking to myself. And if I can't trust myself answer, I'm trapped. And so if it says, this is what you got to do, this is what it's going to feel like, this is where we're going, I'm like, okay, we're going. Because, again, the physical versus the metaphysical, East versus, it's like my higher self has already arrived at that place. It's just waiting for my physical self to catch up. And that's often where we become trapped. It's like, yeah, but what are people going to say about me? What are people going to think about me? What if somebody... That's all in that physical, like they can only do that against the physical thing. They don't know the infinite and great person that you were created to develop, to become. And you're just discovering it. So how can people even begin to judge it? And I'm not going to say it happens every time and it's magical and I'm always, you know, like in that space. But when I'm willing to surrender to it and just say, okay, show me, tell me what we're doing next. And I get a feeling and I follow it. It's being in flow. And all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I have no idea how I arrived at this point, but I'm liking this point. And it becomes sort of a feeding on itself or the wheel turning on itself. So I'll hand it back. Well, well, Eric, you said something there that was really key. I wanna make sure I highlight this. I'm not always there. It's this idea that like, 
we're not always there. And again, Donna Bowling's here. I, I mentioned you earlier, Donna, but I, you know, Donna said, you like, I'm surprised. Well, here's the thing. Knowing this stuff is important. It is. It's not about always being conscious. That's kind of what we're talking about. The difference between being unconscious and conscious, right? Being awake, being asleep kind of thing, being an autopilot or being like the actual driver of your plane, so to speak. Now, what I'm talking about here is can, what's the quickness that you're able to, to get out of that unconsciousness and come to the consciousness? That's what we're talking about here, right? It's a scale. It's not a, you're on or you're off. It's, it's, a, it's a scale thing. Can I bounce back? We're all going to face pain, feelings of, of being depressed or, or anxious or, or whatever. The question isn't about, can I never feel that way? Because that's not necessarily possible. I don't know that it is for me, right? Maybe it is, but I've never experienced that yet, of never feeling anxious, never feeling down. That's, that's not something that, that I know to be true. But what I aim to do is how quickly can I come back to baseline? Like if you were to make a graph, if you were to make a line go up and down and up and down, that's really how we are, right? A lot of ups and downs. My goal is not to always stay up. My goal is to how quickly can I go down and come right back up? What is the gap between those two hills? Can I make it shorter? Can I wake up quickly, right? Can I get upset and let things go more quickly? I'm gonna make this point and I'm gonna open it up to the room for discussion on this. Cause I know this is kind of a weird topic right today something that maybe people don't really expect for me to talk about, but it is a passion of mine. But the, the thing is, we have to look at things from that perspective, not necessarily just black and white, but how can I actually get back to where I wanna be in terms of the baseline point, right? There are times where I get upset and I'm like, okay, I need to let this go. And so I wanna make a key difference here. There is a difference between letting go and avoidance. It's a major, there's a major difference. So I'll paint this kind of analogy. It's really, I heard this again from Michael Singer. I'm going to obviously put it in my way, but this is kind of where the analogy comes from. I want you to imagine you're up north, your version up north. Everyone has a version of up north, right? In Michigan, it was going to the UP. In Arizona, it's going to Flagstaff, whatever it is. Okay, so you're going up north and there's tons and tons and tons of trees, right? You're driving in the car. Imagine you're in the passenger seat, okay, and you're driving. And you see nothing but tree after tree after tree. Which one, buddy? Okay. Uh, tree after tree after tree. And you're just letting them pass by. You see one after another after another. But imagine if one tree, you, you just put, locked your eyes on, you followed it back. Your head turns, right? You look in the back and you're, you're following that one tree. You probably missed 100 trees by now because you're paying attention to that one. So what I'm asking you to do here is be open to the possibility of letting things go. Letting things go is letting the moment pass. It's not avoiding the moment. It's simply letting the moment pass. So that moment of anxiousness, that moment of depression, all I try to do is can I let that pass like the tree? Can I let it go through me and not affect my life? What I see happen that breaks my heart is when I see people go through a moment, one single moment, and they hold on to it for the day, the week, the year, the forever. I talked to someone not too long ago and, and, and she called me crying, upset about something that happened. And I let her go and I said, hey, let me ask you something. When did that happen? She goes like 20 minutes ago. I was like, yeah, that was in the past. Where are you right now? Are you in the past or are you in the present? Where should you be? This is one of my clients. So I, I'm a little bit more stern with her, but I said, where are you right now? 
Well, I'm in the past. I'm thinking about the past right now. Where should you be? I should be in the present. You're letting the tree, you're holding yourself back to that one tree that happened 20 minutes ago. Why is that important? What's important is what's happening right now. So now what? Now what do we do? Come back to the present moment. What happens is interesting is once you let it go, you can feel it. It's gone now versus just holding on to it. Because what happens is every time we hold on to it, something else springs up that reminds us of that moment and we give him more upset. That's what road rage is. Is it not? When you get road rage or you get upset because someone cut you off, you're not upset about that. And by the way, if you're still talking about it 10 minutes later, yeah, it definitely wasn't because that person cut you off. It's because of something that happened to you like a year ago, you never let go of, and you're still pissed about it. Or maybe you got off the phone with somebody, somebody cut you off, and now you're mad about something. Is it really that important? Did you get in a car accident? No, you didn't. Nothing happened. Someone cut you off. What happened? They were in a rush. Who cares? It is what it is. I say this a lot, but it's something that I aim to strive to, to stick to, which is the most dangerous person in the world is the person that says it is what it is and means it. It is what it is. That's it. And allows you to move forward. So now I want to open it up to everybody. Right? What are your thoughts around one avoidance? What is something that maybe in your life you know you have to knock down that wall so you can get what you want? And maybe even a little bit of what we we our feelings are this idea of surrender. I'm open to, by the way, to debate here, but I heard somebody unmute. So just go ahead and, and jump in here and, and say your name so we can find you. I'm jumping in, Raylan. It's Donna. Donna Bowling. I always love waking up and hearing your voice. Okay, so this is something that I've really tried to focus on. I struggle with like um, seasonal depression, or I would, I would, I don't, I don't even know if it's called seasonal. It's more like every once in a while depression, um, anxiety. I have my moments, and I also really, really get super sensitive, and I struggle when something happens in my life and I hold on to it, right? So that is been, that has been my focus in these last few months is how do I let things roll off my back easier and faster? Because what I noticed was the more I focused on it, right? What do they say? Where you focus your attention, that energy goes. So where I, the more I started to focus on the frustration or the anger or the sadness or the feeling of you know imposter syndrome or whatever the negative feelings are, the longer it stuck with me. And the more I just like threw it up into the air and said, okay, I feel like crap right now. I am feeling sad. Like right this last week, honestly, the last week between Christmas and New Year's, I was in like a real bad funk. And I don't know exactly like what trick, well, actually I do, but that's for another room. But I was feeling really down. And instead of just like really stressing out about it, which I normally do, stressing out, why am I feeling this way? This is so uncomfortable for me. What's wrong with me? And thinking big picture, like, when is it going to go away? What is that? I leaned into it. I literally laid in bed for a full day, one of the days. I mean, it, it was so unlike me. And I watched You've Got Mail. And I made comfort food and I just kind of just sat in it and it went away. And I think the more we just accept these uncomfortable feelings rather than fighting them off, the more they just kind of come on in and move on out. So I love the conversation. This has literally been um, something that I'm focusing on so much in the last few days. I really, really uh, love the timing of this. Back to you, Ray. No, I love what you said there. You leaned in, right? It's kind of like we talked about. It's the idea of breaking down that wall and saying, okay, I'm letting the darkness in because it will pass. There is something, do I have 
permission, Donna, to, to ask you a question, which, you know, depending on where this goes, you'd be exposed to, to all these people. So it's really up to you. Are you are you OK with that? Me? Me being exposed to so many people? This is so weird. Yes, of course. Of course. I don't care about talking about personal things, if that's what you're going. OK. All right. I appreciate you. Because um, I think people can benefit from this. So let me ask you something, right? The, the idea... Because I, you're someone that that's really open about, you know, the anxiety that you go through and those times and you, you share it in your stories and, and all that to, to shed light on it, which I think is, is is great in a lot of ways. Let me ask you this. What do you bet? How do you benefit from having those feelings of anxiety? Well, how do you benefit from saying, for example, that I struggle with anxiety? The first time I ever shared in a public setting that I have um in the past, mostly, I mean, I still have moments of it, but I'm much like more equipped with anxiety. Like I used to get massive panic attacks after 9-11. That's kind of when they hit. Um, they, it was the first time I shared that in a public setting, cause I used to hide it away. I used to not want to tell a person, even my friends, I wouldn't want to tell anyone. I found it such a weakness, but about a year ago on a clubhouse stage, there was about 300 people in my room and I shared it. And I felt called to, I, I honestly have no idea why it wasn't planned. It wasn't a room about anxiety, but I shared it. I shared my big like struggles with not being able to get out of my car when I would go to the bank because I was so panicked that I was going to get an anxiety attack or have to sit by the exit or, or be by a bathroom and my workout classes and, and really hide away. Um, I shared it because I wanted to let the person know at the very, 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 very bottom of the others in the room section that if you are struggling to, you know, raise your hand, get on stage, do the thing, show up because you're struggling with any of these feelings, just know that I am a living proof that you have gone. I used to not be able to stand and talk in front of five people until where I am now where I can speak on a stage. So there is way, there are ways to get through it. I always share from a place of, I hope this helps my audience. So I'm not uncomfortable about sharing about anxiety. Anxiety is such a typical, normal exam, like situation for most people in this world. Um, it's just a spectrum of it, right? Some people have struggled from like crippling panic attacks and some people just have a little moment of anxiety. Um, I'm someone that struggled from crippling panic attacks. And so I, I have no qualms about it because look, I feel strong. Like I was able to not only admit it, but work through it. And I think that that is to me that I wish someone talked about it so openly when I was, you know, 19 years old, 20 years old. And it first um, came into my life. So what's interesting about this, and by the way, this is, this is a question. And I think this is really important to, to bring up, right? Whenever I hold a segment here, Breakfast Champions, or I hold any space in Clubhouse, Anything I talk about, it's not a matter of you have to do this. This is the way you should do it. I think there's gray areas. I think there's a scale to everything. But I, I, I do want to open up the possibility that maybe for Donna, for anybody, that because we benefit from it, right, we, we expose, we shed light on, say, hey, I go through this too. And because of that, right, our audience grows, people feel more connected to us, that connectedness leads to other things. And so we benefit from it. So really what we're saying is, by acknowledging that you are someone or identifying as someone that struggles with anxiety, you benefit. And because you benefit, you go back to anxiety. So it's kind of like this, right? Like, uh, like anything, there is a benefit to, for example, like binge eating or binge drinking or whatever. There's a benefit. Now in our minds, right? When we look at like an addict, for example, it doesn't make sense, right? Why are you an addict? You're drinking. That's bad, but it's a solution. 
There's something somebody said a while ago. His name is Joe Paulus. He said he's a former addict, and he says, you know, addicts don't have a problem. They have they're really good at finding solutions. And so the thing that I want you to think about, Donna. By the way, don't you don't have to answer this. It's something that for you to answer for you and anybody in the room that's going through the same thing is that is it could it be possible that because we benefit from some of these feelings or at least acknowledging that or not acknowledging acknowledging is different than identifying, but I, as identifying as someone has anxiety, I may be creating more opportunities for me not to just get more relationships, but I actually opening myself up to have another panic attack, to have another episode of whatever could be possible. Does that make any sense, Donna? It does. I mean, I always think about the more I talk about my anxiety, the more anxious I get sometimes um, because it's just comes to, it comes to, you know, like you start kind of, I don't know, it's like bringing up a memory and you, or when you smell that perfume and all of a sudden you're in that scene from 1996, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting concept. I don't know. I don't know if it's normalizing it more or if it heightens it. But either way, what I do know is the more I talk about it and the more I share my story of getting through it, the more when it happens, because it still does happen, I don't freak out over it. I don't fight off my anxiety anymore. I literally just say, like, I'm feeling like crap. I'm feeling anxious. My heart is racing. My hands are sweating. All the things, my stomach, you know, whatever. It's going to pass. I'll be okay, which is how I feel when I'm feeling sad, which is how I feel when I'm feeling unmotivated, which is how I feel when I don't want to create content, when I, when it's just how I feel when I feel sensitive. It's like, I feel like crap, but it's okay. It's going to go away because I know where my baseline is. My baseline is where I am right now today, which is productive, happy, energized, you know, creative, et cetera, et cetera. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I get this kind of, again, just a question, but it just comes out to, are we okay with the results then? Are we okay with dealing with that anxiety so that we continue to talk about it? Or could it be possible that if we went another way, that feeling for us could go away and people could love us for maybe a different reason? I don't know the answer to this, by the way. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.